Welcome to From Fear Into Action, where we have evolutionary conversations with conscious entrepreneurs. Sometimes all you need are the right tips at the right time with a little mindset magic, which is exactly what you are about to get. Now, here are your hosts, Julian Knoll and Heather Porter. Welcome back, everyone. I just have one question for you. Are you feeling shiny? <laughs> hey, Julian, how's it going? Great, great. Well, I'm feeling shiny, so I hope that helps people who may be not quite as shiny. Now is the, it's the shine half hour. Yes, we're here to give you some shine, some motivation, some mindset magic, and, you know, to hopefully just share some information with you guys so you know you're not alone and what you're feeling is completely normal, whether that's fear or self-doubt. We all go through it plenty of times. So by the end of this episode, I know you'll be coming out feeling re-energized and having lots of little morsels of goodness to move ahead with what you're doing. And I know that because... Our next guest, Richard, is unbelievable. So we've been chatting to him a little bit already. And um, this guy started kind of on his path at an early age of 14. So over the last 33 years, he has loads of experience in personal business and spiritual development. Like crazy, right? So what's really cool, though, is that although he works specifically as a business coach and specifically bringing spirituality and sales together, so as a business owners, we, we feel better about asking for the sale. Uh, he hasn't done that forever. So you're going to get to hear a little bit about that journey. And Jules, something else too, too that's really quite cool is that um, he, he's not only been an award-winning business leader, um, but he's also the co-founder and president emeritus of New York City's first ever LGBT Chamber of Commerce. And for those of you that are like, um, don't know what LGBT stands for, which I know what it is, Jules, but I never actually know the, <laughs> the Oh, words. I always trip up on this too. one too. Um, lesbian, gay, bi, bi and transsexual. Thank is you. Yeah, I think you got yeah. it right. Cool. And if cool. we got it wrong, guys, sorry, but, but now you get sorry. the idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so Richard's amazing. And, and before we bring him on, Julian, what was it about him specifically that made you think, wow, we got to have him? Ah, uh, look, there's a few things. One is I just love the guy. I think he's got such a soft and beautiful heart. He's a visionary. He's so human and humane in the way he talks with people and deals with people. And, and I guess the big, big draw card is I think um, selling – uh, to a lot of us who are kind of spiritually inclined. Uh, selling's a four-letter word, man, and uh, we've got to get over that. We've got to find the way that we, uh, with integrity, uh, speak about our business, ask for the money, sell things, and be able to move into that whole quite often fear-filled terrain, you know, with intention and power. Because if we want to build our businesses, we need to know how to sell. So that's one of the big reasons why we're going to be interviewing Richard today. And that's why we want to create an ongoing relationship with him uh, for the Shine um, community. Brilliant. So guys, are you ready? You're going to love this one, especially for those of you that twinge a little bit every time you have to ask somebody <laughs> to take out their credit card. <laughs> Here we go. Welcome to the show. So we're so excited to have you on this episode, Richard. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you? Uh, thank you. I'm very well. Excited to be here. Thank you for uh, inv for the invitation. 
we had such a cool chat before. So guys, like you know, we always chat with the the people, the amazing people that we interview um, before we start to have a chat with you guys, our dear listeners. And one thing I just want to ask you, Richard, is what's something that is fueling your fire? What's a project you're working on right now that is exciting you so much? Wow. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, you know, so the, there's... There's a there's something that I have. It's it's part of my bigger vision that uh, ha- uh, quite honestly has been kind of in my head and out there. But it's just recently actually that I've started to organize around pulling it from this far off thing to this could happen, you know, imminently. And that is uh, one of my my big goals right now is to start a what I'm calling a global retreat and education center, um, Anahata specifically, which is the heart, the name of the heart chakra, Anahata Global Retreat Center, uh, where I imagine visionaries, luminaries uh, from the worlds of spirituality, mindfulness, uh, come would come to to teach, to lead programs, retreats, etc. Uh, but also having programs for kids to teach kids mindfulness and also to be able to take programs uh, with mindfulness training and mindset training into prisons. Wow. So two, two distinct groups, but um, I forget the exact age, but I know there was something the Dalai Lama said once that, you know, if, if we taught every kid in the world who, uh, at 10 years old how, how to meditate, in a generation, there would be no more. There would be peace on Earth, basically. Um, <clears throat> so that really excites that idea of making, uh, being a part of bringing more peace into the world by by uh, providing a space for people of all ages mm-hmm. to come and to to nourish their body, mind, and spirit is really important to me. So. It's a huge, yeah. huge venture you're taking on. Where um, do you know where you're going to locate this retreat, or where where it's going to have its home base yet? Um, the idea is San Diego. Nice, and that's that's what's been coming to me. So I'm I'm open to uh, other options, but I'm, I'm imagining that it would be it would be headquartered here in San Diego. Mm. Wow. <clears throat> Since everyone wants to come to San Diego. <laughs> and here, I, I left it. Go figure. <laughs> so, right. So, uh, so, Richard, your kind of area of focus in, in business is around on people who sell and, yes. um, you know, empowering them and enabling them to bring both spirituality and business and selling into the same room, as it were. So, um, <laughs> wh- I mean, they're sort of, for, you know, for so many people, those ideas don't sit in the same sentence. So <laughs> I'm just really kind of keen to hear um, what are the things that people really need to know around spirituality and selling? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the, they are not, they're not enemies, <laughs> and they're not disparate. Um, if you if you think about if you think about the uh, the universe, right? Uh, the universe is abundant. God, spirit, 
whatever we call it, right, is the definition of abundance. And if you just translate that into business, then how in the world could the, the act of exchanging money for a service or goods uh, be wrong or something to be uh, ashamed of or to think is not spiritual? Mm-hmm. So just the, the very laws of the universe say you know, that it's our birthright to be abundant and, and that is who we are at our, at our core. So I think that what, what I've experienced, I don't think what I know from working with many, many, many uh, people over a, a couple of decades now, uh, more, actually more than 30 years that I've been working in the realm of sales, I got started very young, <laughs> is... Uh, <laughs> you people, just had to slip that in, did you, Richard? <laughs> yeah. I was actually doing the math in my head. I was trying to work out, what is that? Because you, you seem so young. How, you must have gotten started when you were 10 or something. <laughs> For 14... Uh, and I'm, I'm 47 now, but I've been in sales, some form of sales ever since uh, about the age of 14. Okay. Uh, very consistently, uh, sales, business development, marketing, public relations, all of those things um, at different points. And sometimes all of those things together were different positions that I've held at companies uh, over the many years. So what I know is that we people, we, we, we get in our own ways when it comes to sales. Uh, we get tripped up with... Uh, beliefs and uh, and mindsets that often come from what we experienced as kids based on our parents or families or communities beliefs about money and so in the background what I've experienced with many many people that I've worked with is that they have limiting beliefs about money uh, thing and preconceived notions about other people and other people's money that are operating very unconsciously and and it, it prohibits them from, from really just being clear and confident and, and truly helpful in inviting someone to make a buying decision. Mm. So all kinds of fears, doubts, worries, and preconceived notions pop up that, that color or taint the, the process of sales. Mm. And, and so that... It, very much falls into the realm of mindset. Um, and then there are some people who, who think that they have spiritual beliefs that say that money is the root of all evil, right? Or that, that, uh, that we're, we're meant to be poor, which makes you humble, which makes you more spiritual. And these kinds of things that, that come from mostly our upbringing uh, are running rampant in, in, in the background and uh, very much get in the way. Uh, and so there's there's the kind of the the the, the reprogramming of the mind <laughs> that mm-hmm. wants to happen, uh, so that one can sit very comfortably in front of another person who clearly wants a particular product or service or experience, and and simply invite them from a place of of uh, honesty and authenticity and from the heart to take that next step, which is I'll take your credit card now, thank you. So. There's a way to be able to come to that uh, that isn't slimy and icky and pushy and salesman-y. And, and this is really a lot of the work that I, that I do uh, with, my, with my clients is identifying the...
what would you say were the two or three key things that people really need to know? So particularly people who are of a kind of spiritual bent, um, uh-huh. what are the three key things they need to know in or that will en- enable them to sell with integrity? Well, I think the one, I mean, the, the thing that I just mentioned as a core concept that abundance is your birthright. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the first, that would be number one. And I wrote a book called uh, Convert Your Community to Cash, Monetize Your Connection, mm-hmm. which is about networking and, and sales, essentially. And that's the first line of the book. Abundance is your birthright. Uh, I think that's key. So if you call yourself spiritual, and you don't believe that it's your birthright to be abundant, then there's some work to be done, <laughs> right? Mm. <clears throat> so that's first and foremost, and we, we should, we, we, when, we, we, when we can stand in that very firmly, uh, the rest of what needs to happen in a sales conversation can, can unfold much more naturally. Um, a, a second thing I would say is you are doing a disservice to the people that you are supposedly supposed to be helping when you don't ask them to buy Mm. so if someone is sitting in front of you and you've had a sales conversation and you get to that point where now it's the invitation to take that next step which is the exchange of money right Mm. Uh, if if you if you get to that point of having this amazing conversation and then stop because you're afraid to ask for the money Mm. or or your preconceived notion about that person is they can't afford this or whatever ideas or stories that you've made up in your mind or projected onto it you're and you let all of that stop you then you're you're really doing that person a disservice by not taking them to that next space uh, that you've led them to so far so or that that, that and I'm, I'm speaking in terms of a, a willing conversation right so mm-hmm. uh, so when when many people stop at that point because that's where their stuff comes up that this is where they get squirrely and 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 start feeling weird or bad or scared (laughs) (laughs) as you can see that never ever ever happens to me richard I, I understand because it has happened to me, you know. It, oh. I, it, that's how I learned all this stuff <laughs> by getting moving through it. Mm. So, so I think the idea that you know I'm doing I'm doing my customer or potential customer a disservice by not actually inviting them to take that next step. Um, because whatever we're selling, it, uh, whether it's a product or a service or an experience, uh, if the person is having a conversation and, and they've asked the questions about about that product and you've done your job and you've explained the benefits and the outcomes that can come from that having that product in their life or service whatever and then you just don't ask them to pay for it <laughs> you you've just left them at the edge of you know basically a cliff i mean we 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 we're kind of robbing them from the opportunity to have that change in their life that they're desiring and what would the third one be? Ah, third. What's the third thing? Uh, hmm. So I think you know, in my experience, that there's there's it's. I would say that, that you got to do the work to to train your mind 
to train your, your mind to, to uh, move from that place of fear, doubt, worry to that place of confidence. And, and that's basically what happened for me uh, was discovering that I had been so worried about what people thought about me and so worried of, oh, fear of rejection. So that, that's a huge piece of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are afraid to, to hear no. And that if you hear no, somehow that means you are a bad person or they're rejecting you personally, right? Um, so the, at some point, uh, I, I, I took many steps <laughs> and spent a lot of money, quite frankly, on transformation work, you know, getting myself trained, learning the workings of the brain and the mind and how to neuroplasticity, how to train my brain in a new way so that I can live the life that I want to live versus being a victim or being at the effect of my old programming. And so for people who are in sales, if you're in business, if you are the face of your business and it's your job to promote and sell your product or service, if you're a leader of a company or a team, even for nonprofits, nonprofits are businesses as well. Um, if, it, if, if, if you are relied upon to move the company forward, then you have to do the work. <laughs> you have to, you have to uh, make that investment in yourself to get the training, uh, to learn how to overcome those roadblocks, those, those limiting beliefs, so that you can get out of your way and, and really help the people that you're here to serve. How do you get through rejection yourself? So what is the process? Either you tell yourself in your mind or you do, you know, physically. Uh, How do you get through that? Um, well, there's a, there's a technique that I, that I teach uh, that I call mind mastery. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very simple process of establishing, asking myself a couple of questions. Uh, before I go into a sales conversation, before I go into a meeting, before I'm going to speak in front of a group or on stage or on Facebook, wherever it is, right? Because I know that my mind left unattended it can easily just go back down those those old programs, right? So I take a moment to set myself uh, up for success, uh, not knowing what the outcome of the conversation will be with the other person or the group, but putting myself in a place where I can be with whatever comes at me. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a process of acknowledging that I'm willing to be bigger than my, uh, my fears, doubts, worries, and preconceived notions about the other person. And I'm willing to be bigger than the fears, doubts, and worries, and preconceived notions that that person may have about me. And also establishing, uh, I pick three states of being. So I ask myself, um, who am I willing to be in order to produce extraordinary results from this conversation? And I pick three empowering states of being. I may not feel like those states of being in the moment, and that's fine. But what are three ways that I can take on such that I can embody those or even just put the idea of embodiment into my mind so I'm coming from that place instead of the, the, the fear, doubt, worry, or whatever else is in the background. So I come to a conversation having done that, and it takes you know 10 seconds for me to go through this little process, uh, having done that little bit of work, so that whatever comes at me, um, I'm, I'm able to be with it in a more clear space. Uh, the other piece is, is just really knowing that 
in a sales conversation specifically, if, if someone says no to me, they're not saying no to me personally. They're saying no to that product or whatever I'm offering in that moment. And that no doesn't always mean no forever. And it may be an, a, a matter of, of uh, handling questions or objections or whatever unclarity might be there for that person. And, and, and not immediately assuming that if I hear a no, that that means that the conversation's over or that they're not still willing to buy. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how I would be operating uh, in that. And then, you know, and sometimes no is no. But I think what's important, I guess, if we're going to add a fourth to the list, Julian, <laughs> yes. is um, I think for me, one of the things that I always want to get out of conversations, and we're talking about sales conversations specifically, right, is, yeah. is clarity. I want to be clear about where this person stands and I want them to be clear about where they stand. And maybe, or not, or I'll think about it is not clarity. Um, yes or no is clarity. <laughs> yeah. And, and I really try to do my best to help both of us get to that place where we both know so that there isn't any uh, blurring of, or, or false expectations on, on either side. And so I'll keep asking questions to help that person and myself get to a place where we're both in, in a clear space of clarity and understanding about what the next step is, uh, if there is one, or maybe that was the last step. What do you think most people miss in the whole process of sales? What's the most glaring uh, an obvious thing that people aren't connecting to when um, when they go to sell their 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 business, their ideas, their goods and services. <laughs> so many. Uh, I, I think the first one that popped into my head is uh, people actually just don't ask for the sale. Oh, sounds crazy, right? But yeah. I, I I see it happen all of the time. And um, I think uh, I think sometimes salespeople confuse the fact that they had a nice sales conversation with someone, yeah, with that meaning that they actually invited that person to take out their credit card. Mm. And asking for the sale, like you can have the most amazing, engaging conversation where the your, your prospect is nodding their head with agreement and they're excited and you can see it in their eyes. But if you don't ask them then, so would you like to get started or whatever the appropriate question is for your product, right? Uh, if you're not asking them to take out their payment source at that time, then you haven't finished the job. And lots and lots of people stop right at that point. They don't ask for the sale and then they, they wonder what's wrong. And a lot of times uh, people, even though they want something, they want to make that purchase, uh, they actually won't because they weren't invited to take that next step. Um, whatever concern or maybe fear or doubt that they had about it, they they will just kind of sit with that instead, even though th- 
the majority of the, uh, the they really would like to get it, but there's whatever little fear or apprehension that might be there, right? Mm. Um, and you know, of course, we're not talking about buying a, a bag of potato chips at the convenience store. Um, you know, I'm talking about you know, goods and services that involve a, a sales conversation, you know, a product, you know, coaching services, you know, what a buy-in to something that's going to involve a, a more substantial. Um, financial uh, or a mental or emotional buy-in as well is, mm. is what I'm saying about this. So, <clears throat> so ask, not asking for the sale, and, but to put it in really basic terms, you know, if, if it just imagine if you go to a fast food place, not that any of us do, but if someone went to a fast <laughs> food place, <laughs> right. And, and you say, I want the hamburger because that's all that you were going to have. Uh, or you thought that's all you were going to have, right? And the and the cashier says, "Well, would you like fries with that?" Uh, you might say, "Oh, sure, I'll take the fries too." If they didn't ask that question, you might have just gone with the hamburger, mm-hmm. right? And so, but they asked that extra question, and it led you to an additional buying opportunity uh, that may not have happened if if the question wasn't asked. So in and I experience that with 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 um, b- business people all the time. They're they're so afraid to ask for the money that they they don't, <laughs> and so they they wonder why the person didn't sign up or didn't pay or didn't move forward. Hmm. I want to ask a, a question about how this industry of of what you do, sales and mm-hmm. spirituality, was attracted to you because I find that you know, our paths or our gifts are often presented to us in unique and interesting ways. And you said you've been doing mm-hmm. this for a very long time. So when did you know that you were made for this way of, of teaching? What specifically happened? Hmm. Well, I've been in sales for a very long time. I won't, I'm not saying that I've been selling spiritually since I was 14, though. No. <laughs> <So, laughs> not surprised. Uh, so just to clear, clarify that. <laughs> Um, I, I think that there, there was, there's, there's been a, a progression of my own personal development and spiritual development over, over many of, about the same amount of time, actually. Um, and they were very distinct, these two worlds <laughs> of, you know, my own betterment and then, you know, what I do for work, right? Uh, and I think... I'm trying to think of if there was a specific moment where where something switched. I mean, I will I will tell you this that there I, I it was a few years ago now that I I hired a business coach, a very very successful business coach, and I ha- I have another business. Uh, I really don't focus on promoting it anymore, but it still produces income for me. And I'm happy to receive that every month. But that's the business that I signed up to get help with, mm-hmm. and. We were at a at a in person retreat uh, in these little pods and talking about our businesses. And at that point, the 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 coach was not in the room, but she walked in, and I, I had I don't even remember what I said, but she heard what I said, and she just stopped everything. And she's a very um, bold woman, right? She's 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 not meek or shy. So she kind of just stopped the conversation and she looked at me and she said, this thing that you do, this business that you have over here, she goes, that's nice as your day job, but there's something else you're supposed to be doing. I'm not quite sure what that is, 
but it's not this. Oh. And I was highly offended because I this program was like $10,000, not to mention all the other things I had signed up for. And so she just basically said to me in front of a room of people, you just gave me all this money, dude, for this business that you want to grow, but it's not, that's not what you're going to be doing. And I was very confused <laughs> with why she would say that to me, and I was offended and actually very mad at her. But it, she planted a seed, and then uh, I heard the same thing a couple more times in a very short period of time. And I think like the second or third time I heard it, uh, the room I was in, another coaching thing, it was all women and just me, and they all ganged up on me, and they said, you need to be a business coach. Huh. And I thought they had 15 heads. Like, that was the most absurd thing in the world. It's not what I wanted to do. It's not what I signed up to do. I signed up and paid them a lot of money to help me build the business I was already establishing, which was nothing to do with business coaching. Um, so that put me onto this track of, of starting the coaching business that I have. And in the, in the beginning phase of it, I very much focused on what I, what I know I do best, which is business development, teaching people how to build a community through networking, um, overcoming your inhibitions, your being shy, hesitant, or just plain awful at speaking in front of groups of people and how to present yourself in a better way so that you can, uh, build, build your business, um, uh, more powerfully. But the spirituality piece hadn't crept in quite yet. Although it was how I was operating, uh, what I started to notice, though, is the people who hired me because they said they wanted to make more money, what they ended up wanting to talk to me about was personal and spiritual development. Oh. So I was having these conversations with people about God, what, and from many different expressions of what that means <laughs> to these people. And I, I can completely roll with just about anyone's version of God, goddess, whatever. And, 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 and they get that. And um, it took a little while for me to put all, connect all the dots. But at some point, I realized that there was what was wanting to emerge was this combination of bringing in the spirituality uh, into this conversation of business. And it's led me to, to how I do it now. funny how the universe sort of prods and picks at you until you just know what you're meant to where you're meant to go because that's what I was yeah. hearing from that story is that even though you kept pushing this other direction no matter where you went you kept being reminded nope if there's something else in store for you Richard you got to go that way yeah and it was really the coming to San Diego where you know I, I built a, a, a multi six figure business in, in New York very quickly with coaching, mm -hmm. which is not an easy thing to do. Um, you know most coaches don't make a lot of money if they make any <laughs> in coaching, especially when they're just starting. Um, Tony Robbins obviously an exception. So, <laughs> we, um, so I um, so I, I I developed a great amount of success uh, in in what I now call my New York way of doing this, and when I came to San Diego, that just did not work, and my coaching business, as I knew it, pretty much disintegrated. And it's been a real what I call um, dismantling of everything that I how I did everything prior to San Diego, and and. The dismantling of a lot of how I thought I knew myself 
and um, spiritually becoming much more in tune really for the first time in my life with feminine energy, which is San Diego mm-hmm. uh, versus masculine energy of New York City. And here is where this whole conversation about t- saying that I do spiritual or transformation coaching um, has come out. And I never said that up front before. Um, and now I do. And this is what's now resonating with people. Mm. Beautiful. Wow. Wow. That's a journey. That's a heck of a journey. You're and, telling um, me. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, you know, uh, also as a coach, that's one of the things that I find where people need a tremendous amount of support is in that journey um, when they hear a calling or when, you know, the universe is saying, you're, you're, you know, you're to leave this, you know, this business or this highly paid job and you're to go off and do this. And, you know, people have their kind of come to Jesus moment or this sort of download or a spiritual watershed or some Mm -hmm. kind of shock. And then there's this, there's this lag period between the new thing is now not obvious you know uh or alive and you've but you've left the shore you know you've left the old world and you're trying to go to the new it's such a powerful uh, and dynamic place um and i think there's more and more people in that space of transitioning how did you navigate that <laughs> Good question, Jules. Oh, wow. Well, should I say, how are you navigating? Yeah, it's better. (laughs) That's why I'm laughing. I'm like, I don't think I'm quite done yet. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it, I, 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 there, I, I'm not, I don't want to go into all the, all the details, but the best way I can say it is pretty much everything. My life as I knew it has been completely, almost entirely stripped away. Um, a literal like starting over is, is what's happened uh, coming to San Diego. And <clears throat> it's been very humbling, is what I can say. Uh, and certainly there's been periods of it where I would say it's been very embarrassing you know, because here, here's this guy who was you know, the president of the National Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce, and you know had, had this very prominent position, um, and now living a very different existence. I, I mean, I, I have a lovely life, don't get me wrong, but it's not where I had once been, and so it's been an, uh, a really great opportunity to observe the mind, my mind, and all the stories and lies it wants to tell me about what it means that I'm here versus up, up there. And, and so at some point here, it was literally just a, 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 a complete surrender in, in uh, allowing myself to live and really practice and explore living in, I don't know. And I don't have to know <laughs> what the hell is happening. And allowing life to, to uh, and the universe really, um, to show me what's next. Now and now and now, instead of my wanting to have it all figured out and um, comparing to what it's been like in the past. 
or even how I expect it to be in the future, right? So it's it's been like just the quintessential practice of being here now. <laughs> and and it's been a struggle and it's been amazing uh, because when I when I allow myself and remember to stay in that just that deep space of connection, knowing that I'm fully taken care of, that everything is always working out for me, um, regardless of what it might look like, then everything does keep working out for me. And it's happening out of any of my control um, uh, or um, in ways that I, I, I just couldn't imagine happening. So it's been a very interesting experience and a very powerful, I'm very grateful that I'm having it. And it certainly gives me lots of uh, material <laughs> to talk about with, with, with the, you know, when I do my motivation Monday talks or um, with, with working clients, uh, it's, I'm finding that I'm, I'm, I'm attracting people who are experiencing something similar or will be experiencing something similar. Um, and it's, it's, it's just been very cool. I guess that's the way, the best way I can say it. It's been a very cool experience. Nice. Is there anything that you'd like to leave our listeners with before we, we say goodbye to you? Yeah. I, I just, I think you know, just the experience of my life has been that we, you really can do anything that you set your mind to um, and allow to unfold. And I see, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I hear from so many people uh, and, and, and have worked with a lot of people who have given up on life or given up on making a difference in the world or in, in their own world for that matter, in their own seat. <laughs> and, and I think that, you know, one the, the message that, or I don't think, uh, I know that the message that I'm here to, to share with people is that all we have to do is remember that we are connected at all times to the infinite wisdom of, of the universe. We, we are always connected. And it's just our job to keep remembering that every moment, you know, every moment, every moment, every moment. And when we allow that to happen um, and truly trust that everything is always working out, then a whole, a whole different world can, can show up. And so I would just say that if you have a dream, if you have a desire to simply make your life better or to make the lives of other people better, to not give up and to simply just take a moment to turn inward and to explore what it feels like to experience that connection to your higher power, however you relate to that, and keep trusting that, that you are taken care of. Mm. Beautiful. That's really beautiful, Richard. I really appreciate that. And I'm sure there's lots of people listening who need to hear that. You know, I think, uh, you know, I just want to acknowledge your, your courage. Uh, and you spoke of that woman who was bold. Uh, I want to acknowledge and honor your boldness. It's a big journey you're on. Uh, it's far from finished. So I'm really <laughs> excited to see what's uh, emerging for you and, and how Shine can uh, play a role in that. So, uh, yeah. 
I want to really thank you for taking the time uh, to be with us today. Here we are in, uh, you know, sunny Sydney, and there you are all the way over there in San Diego. It's just so cool that we can connect and, uh, you know, that you're really willing to come on and, and share your experiences, your very profound and powerful experiences. So uh, on behalf of everyone listening, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Richard. And as we say goodbye, where can people hang out with you more online? Yeah, I think the best place for you to find me is on Facebook and uh, facebook.com forward slash Richard Oseguera. Brilliant. And guys, we always put links to where you can find these amazing people in our show notes, of course. So you can just click and find it easier that way if it's better for you. So thanks again, you guys, for tuning in. We appreciate you hanging out with us from wherever you are in the beautiful world that we live in. And uh, thanks, Richard. And, and thanks, Julian. Thank you, Heather. Bye for now. Wow. So, look, thank you so much for joining us today. Rich O'Seguera, boy, what a guy. The thing I really love about Rich is he's just willing to be a pioneer. And it takes so much courage, sensitivity, and vulnerability, you know, in this whole new emerging paradigm of business and social change and social impact. You know, I really take my hat off to people like Rich who are willing to step out there and say, hey, the new paradigm starts with me. So uh, well done, Rich, and thank you all for uh, joining us. And I really hope that you got some great value out of this conversation. Uh, it was amazing, Jules. I, I still am always like pleasantly happy and surprised at these beautiful people that you bring onto these episodes with us. And guys, thanks for hanging out with us yet again. You know, guys, what I'd love to ask for is if you're loving these episodes, we would love to have you go over into iTunes and leave us a really quick review over there. That helps get the word out about this show. And if we are touching your heartstrings in any way, shape or form, I'm sure there's other people that will feel just like you and would benefit from listening to some of these amazing guests. And lastly, we're getting some amazing fun things happening inside of the Shine membership. So we recommend that you come and join us as well. So go over to shineglobal.com.au and click on the big, nice join button in the menu to come and join us in the membership. And you can get more of Jules and his amazing, amazing network and um, hang out with us on our private Facebook group. It's going to just keep driving you forward in your business. So thanks again for tuning in. Thanks again, Jules, for this amazing episode. And we'll see you next time, you guys. Bye.